Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts. I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner. Thank you all for coming tonight. It's a beautiful summer day in spring. Yeah. <laughs> and we're here tonight. We're happy to be here with Peter Roller. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Yeah, all the way from Milwaukee. Yes. Yes. Did you have a pleasant drive? It was beautiful, and uh, we had the windows open until the trucks came up alongside us. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very rare to have it 80 degrees on what is this uh, March? 20th. Unbelievable. 20th, just in case people wonder, but yeah. it is the first day of spring. Oh, I oh, didn't yeah. even notice that. Man. Where have Which we been? For those who are not from Wisconsin, it's totally weird. <laughs> it's, it's been spring here for two weeks we'll already. It, we're all a bit out of our heads over yeah. this, this early summer we're having, it, but no one's complaining, right? No, right. no, not complaining. So but, what would you like to talk about? I don't know. Let's just, <laughs> it's really a treat to have you on the show here. For, for those of you that know, don't know Peter, Peter's been a, 
a uh, musical icon in uh, in Milwaukee and the uh, Wisconsin and the region here for sure, for for many years, and has uh, been a regular member of Paul Sieber and the Milwaukeeans. Right. Uh, many different. Uh, uh, what are some other? Some other groups. Well, Steve after Cohen. I played with Paul, I um, played with a black gospel quartet called yeah. the Masonic Wonders. Cool. And we did this wonderful one, one CD called Wake Up Call, which is a title tune by John Seeger, another famous songwriter from Milwaukee. Yeah. And, um, and then I got hooked up with Steve Cohen, the great harmonica player and blues uh, singer and guitar player. And uh, we did everything from duos where we played bossa novas to rip-roaring bands where we'd run across you at festivals yeah. like Summerfest <laughs> and Bastille Days. Yeah, and I like being run across, too. I mean, you guys did. You'd literally... well, we didn't run you down. No, no, just once. <laughs> anyway, I've been writing these guitar instrumentals ever since I was in my first surf duo with my older brother who played drums. So the very first thing I did before I knew how to play more than two chords yeah. was I wrote a surf instrumental so that he could do a wipeout style drum solo and I could play my little simple guitar part. What, what were you playing? What guitar did you have then? It was know? a Japanese guitar that was even cheaper than a Tesco Del Rey. Oh, even cheaper. Yeah. So I probably think it was called a Tempo. Uh-huh. And uh, I still have it. I tried to bust the neck off it in a Peter Townsend way, but it wouldn't bust, so I still have it. <laughs> and so, um, so I've always written you? tunes on guitar. I was oh. probably 11 then. Ah, uh-huh. okay. And so um, I'd always just pick up guitars in different phases. You know, I've gotten a little more acoustic lately, and while I'm watching long baseball games with the sound off, I just write another instrumental. Yeah. Uh, I like sports, watching sports. I even watch boring golf you know, on cold winter days where it's right. green there, and I'll come up with another instrumental. So a lot of it's been going on yes. over all these years of being mostly a sideman and a college teacher. And finally, I put out, you know, a CD with a bunch of them on it. And I love how you list the songs listed on the new CD. All, you know, a lot of, a lot of CDs have credits like who's on, this, on the album. Yeah. Well, obviously, you're on the album, but it credits the guitars. Yeah, So you know is. what you're playing. That's, that's a cool thing. It really is a kind of a, a, a cornucopia of different acoustic-oriented uh, guitar styles. So I just decided to call Spade a Spade and, and uh, just for the guitar geeks and others to uh, just say what I was playing and how it kind of went with that style. There's yeah. a number of bossa novas, so I tried to play those on a nylon string. Yeah. We're not going to do that tonight because we can't do everything. But <laughs> I'd like to play this uh, funky little um, R&B instrumental. Um, you know, I played a lot of R&B with Paul Sebar and also with Steve Cohen, so I wanted to be able to do R&B uh, all by myself since uh, I ran away from all those bands. So this is a tune called Dig Deep where I, I took the t- typical open tuning that you hear singer-songwriters go... <laughs> or the Rolling Stones. <laughs> but... I wanted to do a whole old school R&B instrumental all by myself and this is what I came up with.
the Peter Roller Band. That's for you, Jim Schwal. <laughs> All right, I want to bring out a good friend of mine, Matt Schrader. He's going to join me on guitar. He's going to do his own original composition later, but I play a lot of different lap slide guitars, and I really need a great guy beside me playing guitar. So, welcome. All right. Thanks. Hey, everybody. And he has beautiful hair, too. I just have to say that. Right. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just saying. Right. Not, not the quantity, though. I'm well, I don't know. <laughs> it's all subjective. You know. <laughs> yeah. But you guys have known each other for a while. You, you mm -hmm. met Peter at Alverno? Actually, at the conservatory. Oh, the conservatory. Okay. Yeah, Wisconsin Conservatory of Music yeah. in Milwaukee. So took some guitar lessons from Peter. So. Yeah. This is fun. We're reconnecting. And yeah, we play, play a tune tunes. by Blind Blake um, that, that I taught him. And then he's, most of the guys I taught, these little ragtime blues or little Robert Johnson, those are the things that they've built upon yep. for 15 years after it. Not the note-for-note, note, um, really hard Michael Hedges or really hard mm -hmm. Leo Kotke things. It's the simpler roots templates that I've been surprised to find that these guys have all done. We still play those songs. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is a gorgeous instrument you have, Peter. What, what is this? Well, I'm going to uh, break out um, the earliest kind of steel guitar, Hawaiian steel guitar, and uh, they're typically called Weisenborns because a guy in L.A. named Weisenborn, uh, I guess, made the first ones, but they're very Hawaiian because they're made usually of Hawaiian coal wood. And I was lucky enough to find a guy who's from Minnesota who had a bunch of Hawaiian coal wood and wanted to recreate like 1910, 1915 era steel guitars. And um, it's beautiful to look at, and this is just normal decoration for a 1910, 1915 um, guitar, but it's hollow all the way from the usual body all the way through the neck. So it's got a bit of sound to it. You know, just from, a, from an aesthetic point of view, I wish that more modern guitar makers would do that, go back to that um, aesthetic. Checkerboard it's binding. Just, and it's so pretty. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's fun. And um, my son, who's uh, 25, he, uh, he heard me playing it when I first got it. I, I saved up for a whole year and got it as my Christmas present. So some winter morning, he came down into the dining room where I like to practice and play. And he, and he heard me play a few notes like I went. He said, Dad, that's the best sounding acoustic guitar I've ever heard. So I yeah. figured that was a pretty good compliment, yeah. <laughs> We're going to play uh, something a little bit exotic sounding from my CD. Um, I'm going to use a drone like they use in Indian ragas, and I have a little friend here called the Shruti Box. <clears throat> We're going to do a piece called Alachua Pines that I wrote way back in Alachua County, Florida.
Yeah. You know, not to get too music geeky on you, but I, I found it very interesting that that was like on the five. And it really, how it worked through the whole yeah, song. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but uh, <laughs> it just works. The Shruti has its own magic, you know, yeah, I don't I re- question it. I remember hearing a Shruti box at a, at a fiddle camp, actually, Mark O'Connor's fiddle camp, and they had an Indian uh, violinist there uh-huh. that featured, and he had something similar. He must have had, he had an electronic. So now that, now that it's done doing its job for that tune, it's yeah. just a simple little thing, um, and uh, there's all the pitches of the scale, and, but once you get to a pitch... The thing that's really cool about it is it can be just the fundamental of the pitch or it can be just the octave of the pitch, the fifth of the pitch, the fourth of the pitch, or back to the fundamental. And the fundamental sounded the best um, for that one. Do you practice, do you put that on sometimes and just get lost and let yourself... I tell you, that's one thing my wife does not really dig when I sit in that dining room and I go for about 45 minutes with that one pitch going, but I do once in a while. Just... Did she come in and say, Peter, you're drooling out of one corner of your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right, what Matt, I would say to you. you? Hey, some, so Rainbow this is a, some people uh, seeing a Weisenborn might think of David Lindley. They might think of uh, maybe even Ben Harper, you know, kind of a, a rye cooter. Uh, Robert Randolph played steel guitar, right? Paddle steel. But who are some other big figures who are maybe lesser known um, that should have? Of course, you know, with this movie, The Descendants, having a lot of early Hawaiian music in it. Um, the oldest guy is named Sal Hoopy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah. Um, I have a instrumental yeah. that dedicated to him called Boogie Sal, where I do half Hawaiian guitar and half like uh, Freddie King blues. And then um, moving up and forward, someone who Rai consorted with is Gabby Pahanui, who played both nice lap steel as well as slack key guitar. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a lot of him in this movie soundtrack. So I'm really hoping that there's a renaissance in the media of new both steel and slack key guitar. Yeah. I, I do have a little story about Sal Hoopy. Oh, Sal, yeah. 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 When Chris and I were first married and we had this little house... Um, there was a tape player in the basement, and I was doing laundry, and he came down, and he put a cassette in of Sal Hoopy, and for some so, reason, it was just the funniest thing in the yeah. entire world. Oh, he's world. goofy, you know? He's doing all this, you know, the, the fret yeah, rattle. You can't, and... be, you can't be serious on a... <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. This kind of instrument. We were just crying. We were laughing so hard. <laughs> I made him turn it off so because I, I couldn't lift anything at that point. <laughs> there may have been beer involved, too. too. I don't remember. Well, there were a couple of the, of the acoustic <laughs> blues guys. I mean, it, people have asked me in ethnomusicology that I got my degree in from here yeah. at UW-Madison... Um, did Hawaiian guys influence and black guys in Mississippi to play sly guitar? And on the face of it, it's kind of an insulting question, but it turns out like right around 1910, both there was some guy, and the myth in Hawaii goes that he took a comb through his thick black Hawaiian hair and it fell down on the strings and you went, wow, I can do that because the guitar was already in an open tuning from slack key guitar. Uh-huh. At the same time, down in the Mississippi Delta. So it's true, it's, it's independent slide inventions were going on. Eventually, by the 20s, they, of course, crossed. Saul Hoopy could do really good jazz and blues, mm-hmm. uh, being Hawaiian, and a couple of African-American guys from the South could do really good, straightforward blues with the slide on their lap. And we're going to take an old blues song that we're naming Rambler Blues. It's about a mean dog that a woman has. It's named Rambler. And uh, I'm going to do the part of Casey Bill Weldon, who is one of the only African-American uh, blues men who actually played lap side. So uh, Matt's going to lead us off with a Rambler's Blues. Well, all my life I've been a traveling man. Well, all my life I've been a traveling man. 
I'll travel, I guess I'll let her be. Well, I guess I'll travel, I guess I'll let her be. Well, yeah, before she sinks that police dog on me. Thank you. <laughs> Had to rock out Peter a little on the bit. Slide. Yeah. Very nice. God, the tone is just awesome. Now, Did you, you want to you talk about the old blues man that I used oh, to Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, was gonna, I was just getting around to that. Yeah. Mr. Yank Racial. I, it's, it, some people know him, some people don't. But, I mean, people who are really into uh, um, the blues and, his, and history would know about him. Yeah, there was really only one of the earliest wave, talking about starting to record in 1929, who made a whole life of just playing blues on the mandolin. So there were black string bands in the South, just like the tons of white string bands, but not too many as blues modernized hung on to that mandolin. For instance, Johnny Young in Chicago, he played guitar as much as he played 
a mandolin, but Yank was known as the blues mandolin man. Lucky for me, he moved to Indianapolis, like so many, to get out of the deep south. He was from uh, Brownsville, Tennessee, where Sleepy John Estes was also from. And so I was a grad student at Indiana University, and a folklorist said, did you know there's a genuine old blues man who still lives in Indianapolis? You know a lot about blues having listened to those old Yazoo records since yeah. I was 13 years old. So next thing I know, I'm in a kitchen in Indianapolis. This old African-American man is being asked to play these songs with a bunch of white folkies. And the way he wanted to get out of it was he said, I'm not the oldest man here who can play music. I know you can play something. So after a couple of those white folkies played, he got around to me. He said, you play something. You, I know you know something. I can tell you know something. And I said, Yank, would you play with me? And then we did go into Brownsville, which I knew mostly from Ry Cooter. Everywhere yeah. I've gone, Ry Cooter's already been. But uh, luckily, <laughs> he's indebted to both that blues mandolin style and into Sleepy John Estes songs. He's covered a lot of them, including going to Brownsville. Mm -hmm. We had a very successful kitchen jam on going to Brownsville. As we were all walking out, he sidled up to me and said, excuse me, sir, I'd be obliged if you come back up here and play with me again sometime. Yeah. And that was it. I went from New Jersey suburban boy Score. listening to Yazoo compilations to an old blues man saying, come on up. Yeah. Let's do it. And so during the 80s, I traveled as his driver and accompanist, and then we made a record for Blind Pig Records called Blues Mandolin yeah. Man. It's awesome, right? Yeah. It's re-released, yeah. right? It got re-released on yeah. CD again last year. Got a lot of really nice reviews. It's a great album. It's a great album. I have a Chicago style also. Mm -hmm. One of his other albums. Now, he played acoustic mando, but then later on, he picked up this funky old harmony, acoustic electric, and I have, happen to have one. In fact, I've got two of them. Guess no. who bought that when he moved to a, a better model? You got it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a Sears Roebuck, just like all the old blues guys like those harmony sovereigns. They yeah. just got us. He liked a Sears Roebuck standard electric mandolin with one like um, pick up just like a... Um, D'Arm and old... Yeah, D'Arm, like a garage foil. band guitar player. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I tried to buy him when he got a grant from the Indian Arts Council, a fine Gibson electric mandolin. He took one look at it after George Groom shook it all the way to Indianapolis. He said, I don't want this thing. That's older than my mammy. <laughs> I want my harmony. Good point. Good point. Sent it back to George Groom. <laughs> but he also, he was also, uh, um, had a mind of his own because he, he tuned his mandolin a lower. fourth lower. Because it's blues guys are, like Sibby John, are always playing in E and A, and Mando yeah. guys are always playing in G and C, so he made his, his low G note go all the way down to close to E. Sleepy John would tune up towards F, and he would yeah. tune down mm -hmm. towards, and then he Meet could be middle. playing with the yeah. blues guys, and that's what we did when we played together. Cool. I'd be in open E tuning, and he'd be playing yeah. in his key of G. And it, and it sounded extra cool and raunchy because it kind of waxed the mandolin a little out of tune. Yeah, it's a weird Dude, tonality, and then he had a little polytone amp that had this horrible uh, distortion in an inter-red knob, and he called, put the buzz on it. <laughs> so when he'd get a little bit loose in a club gig, he'd turn around to me and say, Pete, put a buzz on it. <laughs> then he'd get a little distorto going with his mandolin. Anyway, we better move on and play another yeah. number. One of the most unusual things that I've done lately is I love bossa novas, and on my Blue Fog CD there's three bossa novas, but um, I decided to try to break through that barrier and play bossa nova on a lap side guitar. And um, I'm lucky to have my friend Matt here who can do a lot of the cording and do a solo. So we're going to do a brand new tune that I'm calling right now Lap Bossa. And that's not a double entendre, that's really the name of it. Lap Bassa. Okay, one, two, one, two. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to Mr. Peter Roller from Milwaukee and Mr. Matt Schrader, also from Milwaukee. Yeah. Thank you. Peter on the Weizenborn style slide yeah, guitar. Yet another acoustic guitar. Matt can oh, yeah. Now we're going to feature Matt Schrader right. on. Yeah. Well, he's going to feature. We're just sitting here, we're just watching. <laughs> to check my tuning on the, okay. on the 12 string. <laughs> tuning the 12 is a, uh, I'm gonna steal oh this, but God, it's, it's yeah. more of a negotiation. You gotta negotiate with, talk nice to the 12 string. Uh -huh. Got as many strings as some bands. That's right. <laughs> I've actually got a double neck guitar, and then you got, you got yeah. 18 strings on that one. Oh, mercy. That's really, yeah. yeah. So this is a tune, I'm gonna play an original piece. Peter was, uh, said, hey, you gotta, you gotta play something, man. Cool. This is a tune that I wrote, um, I was watching Charlie Rose one night, and he was talking to George Lucas, and George Lucas was talking about how he writes a script. And he talks about, you know, when you got that chemistry going on in your brain, you've got to get the whole script down right then and there, because if you stop to work on the first scene, mm -hmm. you may have the perfect first scene by the end of the night, but the rest of the story is gone. So I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try that. Let's see. Let me check that one more time. So... I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And I went in my music room and, and I just wrote, wrote this. And it's really the, the fastest thing I wrote. Yeah. And you said no editing. You just kind of said, oh, I'm just going to push through. Yeah. I, yeah. I just came up with the, with the three parts to it. And then, I, I, you know, over the course of a week, I, I edited a little yeah, bit, yeah. you know. Once you had the whole... Yeah, I just came up with some parts. And I thought, you know what, it's, it's just simple and it's fun. But I, I ended up really, I really liked this tune. I liked, still like to play it, so it, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's it called? This is called Signal. And actually, uh, it got named really quick too. I was doing a thing in a school, and I just, I, I just played it, and I said, "Hey, who's got a name for this?" And one of the students raised his hand and said, "Signal." And I said, "Oh, we got a winner." So <laughs> I, the name came really easy too. So here it is.
That's a lot of music for one guitar. Mr. Matt Schrader. Thank and, you. Uh, you can go to matthewschrader.net to find out more about his playing. A M I T T H E W S H S C H R O E D E R. Matt Schrader. Mr. Peter Roller's back. Yes. And also to mention, uh, Roots Rock, oh, sorry, excuse me, rockroots.com rockroots is, the, is the website, rockroots.com. The new CD, Blue Fog, is out, and this is the one that has uh, a lot of the songs, many of the, most of the songs that are being played tonight yeah. are on this, on this CD. And the Roller, uh, I love the guitar listing is right here on the back. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are Blue borrowed, Fog. so it's not yeah. me showing off my possessions. Um, but... Um, yeah, I wanted to pay homage to what yeah. sort of flavor of guitar I was doing. And, yeah. of course, that's available on CD Baby, iTunes, Amazon, all that good stuff like that. We're going to do the title cut now, which I, I do like to play the old uh, electric lap steel guitar. And um, the title cut has always been played on that instrument. It's called Blue Fog. And we try to get this thing in tune. Too many guitars with too many strings. Uh, but that's what tuners are made for. So... Um I had a student recently ask me that I was unsure of the answer. What exactly is a slack key guitar? Okay, so I'm not going to pick it up now, but basically Hawaiians, when they encountered guitars from Mexican like uh, ranchers that came over to work the land, um, just tuned the bass strings in particular lower, and they call that slacking the key. And so it just became the name slack key for these Hawaiian tunings that tend to have really deep, lowered bass notes. Oh. And so that was part of my little adventure the steel guitar because there was slack key in, in, in open tunings apparently before there was ever a steel guitar but it's very handy if a guitar is in one of these chord tunings like this because when that comb falls out of his thick hair it just <laughs> it makes a chord so a slack key story. came first and, and it's having quite a renaissance now so we're going to do a kind of a moody song called Blue Fog it's about this kind of fog that in the normal springtime next to Lake Michigan uh, a lot of fog comes off of that colder Lake Michigan towards the slightly warmer east side of Milwaukee neighborhood and sometimes it has a kind of bluish cast to it so that's what this tune is all about and uh, Matt's going to lead us off
Zabu Fog. Thank you, Chris, for playing some fiddle. We're going to do one more with a fiddle right now. Yeah. I used to play in uh, Western swing bands and country rock bands, just like I know Chris and Mary did. And uh, I always played my variation on the classic steel guitar instrumental. This is not a variation on steel guitar rag, even though everyone thinks of that. It's on another one that Chris was smart enough to know called Panhandle Rag. But it's going to be a very familiar. Uh, sort of format and melody. It's kind of like me trying to speed up to bebop over a, an old swing number. And it's called Pete's Rag. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Did you guys do your uh, your country rock apprenticeship? Uh, play a little bit of everything during the '70s. You know, <laughs> like were you in a band where you played? Um... We were um, in a... in middle school. Okay. Well, how about in the early '80s? Yes. 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 A lot, a string of different bands. Yeah. 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 So you do everything from Waylon and Willie to uh, Beatles. And yeah, to, to rock songs yeah. and everything. Yeah. Well, this is more of a purist take, so this is very much a Bob Wills thing. Pete's Rag. One, two, three.
shoot load, Sheriff. He's riding a Shetland. I that love that tune. Fun. That's great. Yeah, nice, yeah, tune, I, nice tune, Peter. And I love that idea of those two in middle school, you know, when I was uh, playing that in the honky-tonks. <laughs> the honky-tonks in Minnesota, these kids were just studying up for their, yeah. their middle exam. school. I, I was in a quartet. Yeah. Doesn't really right, qualify more, as a band. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll just lead this off, and then uh, you all can add whatever you want. But uh, I was lucky enough, um, living in, Min in Milwaukee, when we had our uh, big new age label there called Narada Records. And that was shortly after, yeah, Wyndham Hill was a huge thing in this country in the 80s and Narada picked up on that, but they were in Milwaukee. So they were doing a Masters of Acoustic Guitar record with normal guys like Leo Kotke and Eric Johnson and Lawrence Juber. And uh, because I was from Milwaukee, they gave a listen to the slide instrumental of mine, the lap slide instrumental. And it's called Rancho Mirage and it got on there and that CD has been selling in a world that doesn't sell CDs that much anymore. It's been selling nonstop for about 15 years. Cool. And so I was very lucky for me to have this tune, Rancho Mirage, on a Masters of Acoustic Guitar. Yes. That's yeah. great. And I'm very happy to have the uh, built-in uh, string duo <laughs> uh, along with Matt Schrader with me. So this is going to be the uh, Rancho Grande.
Mr. Peter Roller. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Matt Schrader over here, my compadre. Thank you. In the Rancho Grande. <laughs> the CD, Blue Fog. You can find out more about Peter's playing and where he's going to be playing, where he's been playing. Got to get a hold of the CD at rockroots.com. And also, CD Baby. CD Baby. Yeah. And the other places. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Peter Roller. You can catch all of our podcasts at madtoastlive.com and the podcast directory of iTunes. Uh, you can hear us weekdays here in Madison on localsounds.fm at noon and on, Ma on Mad Toast Live on uh, WRT 89.9 FM, of course, Friday evening. We'd like to thank Andy LaVallia, our technical producer. Adam Baronic, our audio intern. Taylor Ryan, our video intern. I'd like to, uh, to thank Greg Guitar's Guitar Shop, Greg Ginter's Guitar Shop, 1522 Atwood Avenue, Madison, and the Brink Lounge and WORT 89.9 FM, listener-sponsored community radio. Thanks for listening. Good night.